Welcome to Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. I am your excited host, Patty Stulen, and I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. Well, once again, this week, we have a remarkable guest to share their incredible story with you and all the things that they have gone through and what they are doing, not only to make their part of but other parts of the world better as well by sharing her message. And it is a message of hope and inspiration. And my guest this week is Nancy Major. She is an award-winning nonprofit and business executive of more than 30 years. She's also a best-selling Christian author, a highly sought-after professional speaker, and a resiliency trainer for individuals and teams. Her courageous and heart-wrenching memoir entitled A Wrench Like Me, Modern Day by grace was released in march of 2023 it shot to best-selling status in nine out of ten categories on amazon almost immediately her story tackles themes of sexual shame public humiliation redemption resilience and god's immeasurable gift of grace oh my gosh already nancy i know everybody is wanting to hear your story welcome to the podcast i'm excited to have you here today Thank you so much, Patty. It's a joy and an honor to be here. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Having a typical busy day. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. Uh, You know, it just happens to be that this is a Thursday that we're doing this particular recording, which I call Thankful Thursday. And as we both know, God works in mysterious ways. And I know that because this is a Thankful Thursday, that's why it worked out for us to share this time together on this Thankful Thursday, because I'm thankful for you to be here today. With that said, uh, I want us to get into how you discovered or rediscovered your passion and purpose. So if you would please share uh, with our audience your story and how you found your way through it and what you're doing now. Sure. So um, I have a story that is kind of reads like a Hollywood screenplay to a lot of people. Um, It was not a story that I intended ever to share. It was a pretty shameful and awful season of my life. And I ended up, um, I became a Christian in 2006 due to um, a number of circumstances that were pretty supernatural and intervention had occurred in my life. And I turned my life over to God and I thought, okay, great. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to honor his call in my life. And so I stepped out in faith and I started serving as, uh, as I had in the past. I had been a career executive for a long period of time prior to this. Um, but at this point then, when I became a Christian, I started serving different nonprofits. I moved to a new area. I had a name change. I sort of reinvented myself, if you will. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people probably can appreciate that when you have a new marriage and you start a new life with someone. So I moved to a new area. I started living out what I thought was my purpose, right? I figured, okay, I'm serving God. I'm going to do the things he's asked me to do, but I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I knew how to do it. So in my baby Christianity, in these little walks of faith, I'm like, okay, God, I will serve any place you put me anywhere that you call me to be. And I would go into a, a new calling and I would 
give it my all. I would really truly put my heart and soul into it. But what was happening is this is really where this whole thing started to unfold. So um, this started in uh, 2008 in this new area, and I was serving in a number of different causes and in really truly what I thought was God was calling me to do. And I had this shameful part of my life, this big secret that I had run away from. And mm -hmm. I knew that God had forgiven me. I knew that I had been given grace, but I had no idea of the ramifications and the significant um, foothold that the enemy would have in my mind from keeping that secret. So even though I was a Christian, I was terrified of sharing any part of that part of my past. And so when anybody would ask me, you know, how long have I been a Christian or how did I become a Christian or, you know, just casual conversation mm -hmm. with another believer, I couldn't tell them. I couldn't right. tell them the truth. And so I kept the secret. Um, I kept living in this really big pit of shame and guilt and fear and feeling very much that I could just never tell anyone my secret. And then uh, a, about a year ago, um, I heard from God directly um, in my in my soul, in my being, the way he talks to us. And he told me he wanted me to share my story and to really tell the truth about my story. And it was probably one of the scariest times of my life. And I really had that moment of, oh my gosh, this can't be real. This can't actually be happening. So I think I'm hearing voices now. That's great. Mm -hmm. Now all of the secrecy <laughs> and hiding and running in shame, you know, okay, great. Now I really lost it. I'm hearing voices. And it took me over a month to even share it with my husband, to tell him that I'd been hearing this voice from God telling me to write my story and to share this really shameful part of my life. And and I thought for sure my husband would say, no, of course not. God's not going to ask you to do that. But of course, that's not what happened. Um, my husband <laughs> said, if God's telling you to do that, then you ought to do it. And then I thought he was crazy, Patty. And I thought, <laughs> okay, for sure. So now he's just lost it. That's what's happened. <laughs> We've been together long enough. Now I really see the truth. This guy's completely crazy. So I don't trust him. And I and I think, okay, I'm going to have to talk to my daughter because for sure she's going to set this thing straight. She's going to put this whole thing to bed and she's going to say, mom, that's a voice from the enemy. That's not from God. God would never ask you to do that. And so those are the two people who knew my secret, right? They mm -hmm. They really knew what this was about. And so I went to my daughter and she said almost the exact same thing that my husband said. And she said, mom, I think God's telling you now's the time to share your story. And so to me, that just seems so crazy. I mean, I had never aspired to write. I had never thought that I would become an author or anything like that. I had no idea how to start, what to do, what it meant. And I was really, truly terrified of what this would mean in today's terms. My life now, I've lived a number of years here in my area. I'm well known for the work that I have been doing um, and the service that, that I've been uh, called to do in serving different nonprofits throughout our area. So to come out with the story now was like blowing up my life, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, and, and I know for me, I find uh, because my heart and my my mind and soul is not always open that God has to show me almost like three different ways or through three different resources before I finally understand 
oh, you're serious, God. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and so that's kind of what he was doing with you, you know, through yes. these different sources, you're finally realizing, uh, okay, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't mistaking what I was hearing. Exactly. And it just continued to happen. Things just sort of lined up over and over again. And I, I, so then I was like, okay, God, I surrender. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll write this story where do I start? How do I write a story? <laughs> who writes a book? Like who just sits down and says, okay, now I'm going to just write this story. Um, so I I grabbed a, a notepad actually, and I was handwriting out, you know, just starting. I'm like, how do I even start? Where do I go? I was just like so full of fear. And so I, again, just got this uh, prompting to pick up my laptop and just put it on my lap and just start. And, and this was the message, just write. Yeah. just right. Yes. And that just kept reverberating through my spirit was just, just right. Just right. Like the first and step, it just put something down. Exactly. And it was like, as if, as soon as I did that, the Holy spirit took over and genuinely, truly from my soul, I would be lying. If I said it was any other way in 10 days from start to finish, I wrote the entire thing Ten and days. That, in 10 days oh my god yeah so now I have a manuscript it's completed and now what right what does that mean and what does that look like and I was still really so full of fear it just it really was a great deal of fear because even though I really and I had this is probably the hardest thing to describe to people is that I knew God had forgiven me. I knew he'd given me a new life. I knew I'd been given a new shot and a new hope and all mm -hmm. these great things. But this was just a really big secret. This is something that really, really knocks people for a loop. And I, and I knew it. I knew that it would. Mm -hmm. So all of these events kind of, you know, without going into just tons and tons of detail, um, all of these events just sort of happened. Like literally, as soon as I obeyed, he just parted the waters, opened up the, the floodgates, and I met a publisher within a month. I The book was picked up. It started going through the proofing and editing process, you know, like the cover design, the whole thing just mm -hmm. started materializing right before my eyes. And in March of this year, the book was released. And it's the story of this part of my life. And it's one part of my story. I mean, there's a lot to my life, but this particular part of my story is a time period in my life before I knew Christ. And I had gone through my third failed marriage um, and it really left that marriage. I was reeling with pain. I was heartbroken. It was completely uh, without warning, without any sort of sense that this was going to happen I don't think anybody ever gets married thinking oh this is going to be a big huge disaster I mean of course <laughs> we're all hopeful right yeah this was really my fairy tale though this guy was my dream guy this was the guy that was gonna put my daughter and I on firm solid footing we moved across the country uh, we moved to the Big Apple area we were dreaming big dreams and um, starting our new life together and within a short period of time, the event, the tragic events of 9-11 had occurred um, mm. during the week that we moved there. And mm. um, so within a matter of uh, really a very short period of time, a matter of weeks, my brand new Prince Charming husband looked at me and said, um, I've made a terrible mistake. You're a mistake. This whole thing is a mistake and I don't want to be married to you anymore. Oh my gosh. And, now at and, this point, how long had you been together? 
only a matter of weeks. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. So it was really devastating. It happened really, like I said, unexpectedly. I had spent every dollar that I had to move us all across country to set up a whole new life there. I'd spent all of the retirement savings, little retirement savings fund I had. I had sold my home. I had absolutely nothing. And of course, as fate would have it, um, my brand new job in this new area um, was really, really severely impacted by the events of 9-11. And so within a very short period of time, as all of this was unfolding with my new husband, um, they were eliminating my position. And so now I have no job, I have nowhere to live, and I have no way to take care of my daughter. And I'm really in the worst possible circumstances of my life. And reeling from humiliation and pain and you know I was embarrassed I had set up you know this bright shiny new life with this new Mm -hmm. guy and um, my daughter deserved so much better and I felt that I had really failed her so out of desperation we ended up coming back to Wisconsin to a tiny little town uh, in this area not somewhere we had lived and um, I couldn't buy myself a job I, I literally couldn't couldn't buy a job. It was just that destitute of an area. Mm -hmm. So now I have um, no job. I'm still struggling. I can't make ends meet. I'm going to food pantries. I've got nothing. And I ended up um, getting in a weird set of circumstances, got a cash paying job, which would have given me a huge dollar commission if I would have sold products through an expo like at an exposition center. And I was doing, I was manning a booth and Mm -hmm. I was um, trying to sign people up for this deal. And I happened to meet a couple and uh, it was a husband and wife and I thought it was a legit thing. And it would require a home visit to their home to do a walkthrough to make sure that the equipment that we were selling would fit for their project. And it was all very up and up, you know, very seemed legit. I brought a technician with me um, from the company that I was representing. And everything went so well that at the very end of the home visit, as the technician's leaving, we had drove separately. And so the technician leaves. And as this whole thing is uh, ending, the wife comes and says, hey, would you like to have dinner with my husband and I? And I'm thinking everything went so well. Mm -hmm. And I can certainly feel comfortable. I can trust them. And um, so I stayed and I had dinner with them thinking that, you know, this was this was my ticket. I was waiting for the sale and I was so bought in to the idea that they were going to buy this. And it was an expensive, uh, expensive home security system. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we were talking about all of that and having a lovely dinner and um, in, in uh, w- without going into a great deal of detail, all of this is really detailed in the book of how this all transpired. Um, they ended up luring me into a really dark world that I really didn't understand and wasn't really prepared for. Um, I ended up in the field of prostitution um, by getting lured in by this husband and wife. Um, And it changed everything. It changed the way I looked at myself. It changed everything. And so I was stuck in it for almost four years and I was living two completely separate lives. So in my home area where my daughter and I were set up, 
she knew nothing. I was keeping that very much a secret. I was known in my community. I was a trusted community member. I was known as a loving and devoted soccer mom to a precious little girl mm -hmm. um, who I adored. And I was also known in my community, uh, this was the persona that I had built, was that I was a successful business consultant who traveled across the state every week while my daughter was looked after by different caregivers. Mm -hmm. And that that was the cover story for everything. And then indeed, I did travel across the state every week. But throughout the week, I would work then as a prostitute in different areas. And um, I did everything I could possibly think of to keep one world from colliding with the other. Mm -hmm. And I carried just an immense amount of shame and fear and guilt. And of course, um, the ugly word of prostitution. It was just uh, so different from anything I'd ever imagined for my life. It was not what I had envisioned I would be doing. Um, I had been a successful career person and I tried a number of different times to get out. I tried to find a path out and it really felt, um, quite frankly, when I look back on it, it really seems like there was some force in the universe that just would not let me get out of this I could not find a solid way out mm -hmm. so as all of these things were happening um, so many different things happened that just almost I, I mean I was in put in some really really dangerous circumstances and situations and it was just so ugly it was just such an ugly shameful part of my life and I did a lot of things to keep it buried and one day, sort of seemingly out of nowhere, an opportunity came up for me to start my own business in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And this was really my ticket out, Patty. This was going to be the thing that was going to launch me. I was finally going to leave this behind. I was finally going to start this whole new life. And um, I started down that path. I only had one source of income, though, and that was from one remaining client from the escort life. And he was supportive. He was supportive of this new idea. He thought it sounded really good. He knew that it was my ticket to freedom. He knew how much it meant to me. And um, but he was someone I trusted. I had seen him for over two years and someone I confided in and shared things with. Um, and so he was giving me business advice and things like that. It just seemed like he was a friend in some ways. I thought I could trust him. Mm -hmm. And so I was so excited and so um, close to freedom. I could just almost taste it. And I was just chasing this new business down like nobody's business. I mean, I had gotten a building. I pulled all the permits. I'd done all the certifications. I did everything you would think um, to start a new business that was an actual physical business in this area. It was super exciting. And um, as things were moving along, I had registered with every local chamber of commerce. I'd registered with every business networking group. I registered with every business association throughout my entire area and the 60 mile radius surrounding where I lived in order to attract more customers, right? In mm -hmm. order to bring more business in. Right. And this is how you spread the word. And you got to remember back in these days, right? We didn't have social media marketing. It wasn't right. a way to market your business other than, and get this, this was really big time for me. I had a fax machine, Patty. I thought Ooh. I was really, I was big time. You were upscale. I was upscale. <laughs> I had a fax machine. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I was doing all of this stuff 
up in person and over the phone and just a ton of buying ads and that kind of thing. And like overnight, my little business um, started to take off in my local community and, and really like overnight, it became like a local news sensation. Mm. Pretty soon I was on the TV. I was on radio programs. I was being interviewed by the newspaper. Pictures were being taken, you know, like this is really big time news in Uh my area. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of it. And I'm and we're we're kicking off this grand launch. That's what all of this was leading up to was a big launch campaign for this new business. One day in the middle of a really hectic morning rush, I got a call, um, a phone call from the the president of my local chamber of commerce. And I thought she was calling about some advertising or something. I figured this was, you know, what she was calling me about. And she said, hey, Nancy, have you gotten the mail? And I said, oh, my gosh, I've been so crazy busy. No, you know, I haven't even checked the mail in a few days. And I'm just trying to blow her off, like not Mm -hmm. thinking this is anything big. But her tone of her voice was really serious. And I started to get this really weird feeling. And she said, Nancy, um, myself and several other business leaders have received a packet in the mail. And it's really disturbing. Can you come down to my office and talk to me about it? And I got to tell you, Patty, like my heart just almost sank to the floor. I just had this really eerie, bad feeling and I couldn't even describe it. I didn't know what this was, but I knew it was something really bad. So it's I like getting her... called into the principal's office right. when you're a kid and trying to figure out what did I do? What or what's did wrong? I do? Right. What was wrong with it happened? You know, like because it had been such a big news sensation thing and all these other great things were happening. It just was so out of left field. Mm-hmm. So I get to her office and I can barely remember much from this particular occasion other than sitting across this really fancy desk she's a businesswoman dressed in a business suit I'm you know in my my attire from my shop I'm in like my work clothes Mm -hmm. and um she she passes the packet and it's a packet um that that's stapled there's several pages to it and the very first line on the packet is Nancy is a prostitute and the packet is full of damning and irrefutable evidence of my secret, awful life that I had been working so hard to hide. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And then I ended up discovering throughout this process, as she's talking to me, uh, I'm hearing that this packet had been sent to every business leader throughout my entire community as well as the 13 counties surrounding it. So I wanted to die. I well, mean, yes. that is, that's the only reaction that I had. I don't remember leaving her office. I don't know how I got out of there. I just remember coming back to my house. My daughter was at school and all I wanted to do was die. I just knew from the voices in my head at that time, they were just screaming at me about what a failure I was, how everything I touched fell apart, and that my daughter would be so much better off without me. Mm-hmm. And I was believing that voice. And to me, it just was leading me to believe that, yeah, checking out was the only was the only answer. So I grabbed a bottle of pills and I was in the middle of um, trying to take my own life. And I had an encounter that the only thing I can tell you is it had to be 
from God because there was no other way that what transpired transpired. And you're not natural. really a believer before I wasn't this, correct? A believer. I wasn't a believer at all. So yeah, it was a, a really divine set of circumstances that made it unmistakably clear that it was God and he was rescuing me. He was saving me in this moment. And I knew, I knew as sure as I'm sitting here talking to you and breathing and real and right. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. knew God was real. He loved me and he wanted better for me than this. And that he was going to make things different. And mm -hmm. he made the, and, and it's the scripture that I, I have loved forever since learning about it is that he took every weapon that the enemy tried to use to destroy me and said it shall not prosper and he just one by one turned all of these things around um and it's through a series of miracles that are written about you know in depth mm -hmm. in the book but um my life then because satan did not like the fact that you were creating a better life for yourself and so he used this gentleman to continue to bring you down because he didn't want to see you succeed and be victorious. Well, and I think it's the whole story, right? It's to give God glory is the worst possible thing. Satan hates us right. for that reason. The very thing that we have that represents who God is, the greatest glory for God is our faith mm -hmm. and is turning our life to face God, right? Toward God, to live our lives for his glory and to shine a light in the world as bright as we can. So I, I believe that Satan has tried to stop me from that grand purpose, probably oh, yes. all of these years. And certainly by keeping the secret, see, even though I left that area and I moved on and I started mm -hmm. a whole new life as a Christian, that secret though, because of the trauma and because of everything that occurred haunted me. And what I kind of think of it is, is I needed major surgery on a wound mm -hmm. and I was not letting God heal that wound I just kept slapping band-aids on it right for years right while I started this new life right and and the enemy knew that and that was a way for him to keep a stronghold you know a foothold in my mind that I could never be worthy I could never be redeemed I could never be made new not really Right. Okay. Sure. So yeah, you have a new life. Yep. You started these new bits. That's all great, Nancy. But really, we know the wink wink, right? We know who you really are. And right. we know that if people only knew, knew. Yes. the truth about you, you're a sinner. Yes. Then everything about you would be, you know, a lie and you're a lie and all of it. Right. So all of those messages stayed with me for a number of years until God called me to write this story. So the book is really about that journey, the process, my life, how it happened, what happened, and then what it's been since. And sort of where I am today is really a living, breathing testimony of the goodness and grace of God. And I shout it at the mountaintops today. Yes, I was a prostitute. Yes, I did 
I did have this. Yes, I did struggle. And yes, I was a sinner for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't deserve his mercy and his goodness and his grace. And he still left the 99 to save the one. Mm-hmm. He still came for me. He still looked down from heaven and said, that one, that one, she's mine. So for those people that don't know about the different stories in the Bible, because your title of your book is directly related to one of those stories, would you like to elaborate and explain people why you chose the title of your book that you did? Sure. So Mary Magdalene, um, there's controversy about what she was considered or whatever, but here's what I know for sure. It says in the Bible, she was caught in the act of adultery. She was that sin at that time was punishable by stoning death to death. Mm-hmm. She was punishable to die for that sin. She was publicly humiliated and brought out before the city to be thrown at Jesus's feet. And of course, the Pharisees of the day were trying to trick Jesus into saying something that wouldn't be truly from the law, right? right. The law yes. as it was written. Um, but I can relate i could relate to her and in from a really personal side of being a woman caught in the act of a sexual sin of a crime punishable by death for sure publicly humiliated brought out and and strewn out right into Mm -hmm. the into the whole world and yet here is the god of all grace Um, the God who saves, the God who loves, who still came in. And Jesus said, let those who are without sin cast the first stone. stone. And to me, that is the greatest story that we have. Um, That's why that that was my subtitle of my book, A Wretch Like Me, A Modern Day Mary Magdalene, Saved by Grace, because I can relate to her story on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to put any any emphasis on the gentleman that that did this, but were there any consequences or anything that was done to this gentleman for what he these packets and stuff that he had sent out? First of all, he had to spend an awful lot of money and time to do this, so he really wanted to hurt you very so, badly. Mm-hmm. So, were there any repercussions? Uh, for, for what he had done. No, um, he was an anonymous face, right? Anonymous to everybody in the whole world. No one mm-hmm. knew who he was except for me. I knew and he knew. Um, he was the only one who could have known what I was doing. He mm-hmm. was, and he taunted me. He later, I mean, as this packet went out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was still in contact and trying to antagonize me. He admitted to me that he had done it. And the biggest miracle of all is he, and I write about this at great length, but there was a website involved and it's uh, it was a big famous website. It was used in that dark underworld. Um, it was part of the business mm-hmm. uh, for prostitutes to advertise their services as mm-hmm. well as people to get their services, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was basically, you know, a Google kind of thing, right. but it was a website specific for that. And he had used this website. He had spelled it out in this packet over and over again, referring back to it so that anybody getting this packet, if you would have typed it in, um, I would have come up on this website, right? That's what he was trying to do. And here's what God did. And this is how I knew it was God. And there's, there's 
circumstances surrounding this, but within this horrific time of this being out and exploding and I'm trying to kill myself, the site is taken down and everything is permanently erased and oh. no one knows how or why it blew up the entire the backup system everything and i didn't own it it was some you know guy oh in outer space who owned this website right and the whole thing just miraculously crashed and oh. everything was wiped out everything so i knew that's what i'm saying when i say to you god made it so plain and so clear that it was him, because as I was in the attempt of trying to kill myself, all I could say in that moment of absolute desperation and hysteria and sobbing and just losing it, I was saying, help me. Oh, my God, help me. God, please, God, please, God. Who else are you going to call on? Exactly. Even though yeah. I wasn't a believer in the yes. middle of my agony in this and hysteria, pain, right, <laughs> and hysteria. All I could say was, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please help me, God, oh, God, oh, God. I had no idea who I was calling on. Right, right. And and what that would mean. Because that was and not a part of your foundation. Not a part of my foundation. And yet, he still came and he still did it. And the craziest part of my story, the craziest part that just is the absolute most miraculous part of the whole thing is that when I was getting ready to release this book, I'd been so terrified of that website um, for all these years, right? Like, what if, what if it had yes. just miraculously been put back in place and somehow, some way, some It came form, back as quickly could, as it went it, away. Right. So as the book was just getting ready to be released, I had my husband look it up and I have the packet. I have a copy of the packet. So I have the actual words of that and it's permanently burned in my brain it's not like something I could forget right yes. and he typed it in and he said this is really weird he goes come take a look at this and so I come over by his computer and I think he had to have had a typo because I can't believe what I'm seeing and so I bring the packet over and I'm staring at his screen and we're both looking and he erases it and he types it back in again and you are not going to believe this, Patty. That website today is a Christian website. <gasps> Only God. Only God could do that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that is, I mean, it is so mind-blowing that that is the God we serve. <gasps> and that is what Satan has been desperate to try to stop me from ever sharing. My right? goodness. See, like I never would have even found out about that website now being a Christian site had I not written the book, had the book now, right? Yes. You see, yes. I, I mean, yes. all the dots connecting. I'm yes. like, oh my word, the very weapon that the enemy tried to use to kill me, not in practical, wow. literal terms, kill me. He tried to kill me with that weapon and wow. God went, not on my watch. That's my daughter. You are not touching her. I can change anything around. Watch me. Well, hallelujah for that now. I mean, come Amen. on. Come on. Wow. And all of that's included in the book. Like there's so much more to this. There's so many miracles that just like that. There's so much that it's irrefutable evidence to me 
so who you, God is. So would you say that that your um the the person who has become your husband now was he part of those miracles? Yes, yes, he was. He was definitely um he that's a miracle story in and of itself. I mean, all the ways that God has just showered love uh over my life and just surrounded me with wonderful people, more love than I ever could have imagined, more family than I ever ever would have had um people that have come up alongside me people that have walked with me through this journey um and those that have stood with me and especially even after my story came out and now I'm in this new community right I've been here mm -hmm. now for a while that mm -hmm. no one knew this secret and all of a sudden I come out with this huge secret but I'm the one coming out with it right and right. I'm telling you're I'm owning telling, your truth right owning the whole thing and I uh, have been just flabbergasted at how gracious and how loving our God is that he would just surround me with nothing mm -hmm. but love and people saying they can't believe that 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 was ever even a part of my life like it's so incongruent with who they know me to be and that's the beauty of God, right? Is we're not the same. We're not the right. same. He He really is truly a God of all things new. And when you become um, part of his family, you become a new creation in him. Amen to that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, now in your, in the introduction, uh, it mentions that you, I mentioned that you were a, a resilient trainer to individuals for individuals and teams. Can you expand on that and let everybody know what that means? Sure. So in addition to my personal story, I have, you know, a 30 year history of working in fields related to all kinds of work having to do with resilience. And so my personal lived experience with what it what it takes to be resilient and what kind of character that that builds and how we strengthen, I think of resilience as a muscle that lives in our body. And many of us don't know that it's there. Mm -hmm. So it can't be strengthened, exercised, built up and developed until we really can identify it and start to work that muscle. Mm -hmm. And then we get stronger and stronger. And there's biblical principles all throughout the Bible that I use that back that up. Mm -hmm. And of course, changing our mindset, learning new ways to think, learning new things to believe about ourselves. What does God say? Who does God say you are? What does he say about you and, and your life and the calling he has for you? What's your higher purpose? And how do you withstand all of the muck and yuck that is in the world? How do you stand through it? How do you remain strong? So that's a big part of my training is really working with people through that process. So I work with them one-on-one -on -one as individuals, and I can also work with teams. I've done team training as well. So I have a beginner's course and an intermediate, intermediate course and an advanced course. And then I also um, speak quite a bit. And because the book just came out in March, of course, the book is a big part of my story sure. currently. And so I share my story of being a wretch. Um, so going from wretch to worthy. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I mean, that title is just so powerful. Do you mainly speak uh, at churches and with church groups, or do you speak at all types of, uh, with organizations and, and groups? I will speak anywhere that there is a platform because this message needs to be shared because I don't care where we are in life, no matter where you are, you've dealt with shame, you've mm-hmm. dealt with guilt, and you've dealt with fear. That, those are universal emotions and experiences that we all have had. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at the same level, right? Maybe right. not my same story, but even if someone is overweight or has been has gone through a divorce or who has a child that isn't responding to them, doesn't have communication with them um, or is off the rails or, you know, something didn't go right with their finances. Maybe they've had a bankruptcy. I mean, there's all kinds of life circumstances that can knock us out. Yes. And so being resilient and ever overcoming shame, guilt, and fear, that's universal. So yeah, I I speak to teams and individuals and groups anywhere, anywhere that there's a platform, I'm happy to come and speak. Well, and I can imagine to just the way that you have have told uh, part of your story here today, um, that there are people that you are reaching that number one felt that they were living the biggest lie ever, or that they were the largest sinner ever, and are not uh, a Christian or a faith or, or, or don't have any kind of a higher source in their life, whatever that may be. I can only imagine that every time you speak, that you are touching uh, at least one individual every single time to let them know that there is a higher source out there that loves them and knows that they are worthy. Exactly. That's what I believe my calling is, is to be a voice, is to be a voice in dark places, because I know that's where shame, guilt, and fear lives is in the dark. And I am giving voice to the things that live in the dark. And that's my job, my honor, my privilege, my calling is to be a light in a dark place. And so that's what I do today. And I'm so honored and privileged. It's the greatest privilege of my life to be able to do that. And now to truly 100% be free, right? Right. To really be set free. Yeah, because at this point, there isn't anything or anybody that can hurt you. You have exactly. been through, you've been through the worst of it and exactly. God still loves you anyways. Exactly. And now he's using that yes. very thing that I was so afraid of yes. to help other people. And isn't that just like God to do it? Oh, of course. So, so speaking of, of helping others, is this, is this a, a passion that you've, that you've had your entire life about wanting to help people or, or, you know, uh, be of assistance to other people? Well, I definitely have always wanted to help people. I think I had more of an eye on a business, uh, a business mindset. I was very gifted at a young age with, um, I would say, a a pretty solid um, mind for business, a head for business. But my heart has always wanted to help other people. And so when I married the two things, I've owned and operated, I've bought and sold, I've done mergers and acquisitions for many, many kinds of different corporations and structures of business. Mm -hmm. But where I really found my passion was working in nonprofit causes that were very near and dear to my heart. 
So right. child abuse prevention was really a big one. And that is where I spent the bulk of my career was working in advocacy organizations and service organizations that work to prevent child abuse and work with families that were struggling and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and today I do own my own business. It is an entrepreneurship as sort of a para-ministry. Um, it's related to ministry because I do consider it a ministry kind of work. Um, the kind of counseling, if you will, para-counseling, peer support, mentorship, coaching, all of that, and training, um, all of that is part of what I do today. Excellent. That's really wonderful. Now, I know that throughout your, your life, especially during your darkest period, that I'm sure there were plenty of people that, as I like to say, were yucking your wow, especially when you are trying to get out of the darkness, create your business, you're on the right foothold. I'm, were there still people, though, that even though you knew that you wanted to get out of this, that they were yucking your wow? Did you experience in that? And do you still experience that? And if so, how did you and how do you respond to that? Sure. So of course, of course, there are people that aren't clapping when you win. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be that that way. I mean, there are people for whatever reasons that are in a place of hurting or pain or insecurity or doubt or anger or whatever the heck is going on with them. There's some ego pride thing that's keeping them from cheering for you. And that's that's just part of life. I've learned to just look at that as something that Um, I can pray for them. I can try to be as supportive as I can. I am still who I am. Um, They're not going to stop me. And that's just part of resilience. That's also part of the message of being resilient about other people. What other people think about you is none of your business. Very true. Very true. And I also find that the older that I get, if you don't like me, that's okay. I don't need you in my life. That just means that there's more room that God has made for me for other people that are supposed to be in my life. So, I you know, that. you can yuck my yes. you can yuck my wow, but it's mm-hmm. not going to stop me and we don't need to continue any kind of a friendship, relationship or anything else. Exactly. It's access, right? So, who yes. you give access to in your life, those those require healthy boundaries. Yes. And we have to know our worth in God and our identity in him solid enough to not let things like that knock us off of the path that we're supposed to be on. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So at this point in time in your life, what are you passionate about personally and professionally? So I'm still really passionate about child abuse prevention. That's still a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I have six grandbabies. And um, so my husband and I have a pretty busy family. We have two dogs. So our two girls keep us pretty busy at home. Um, But I travel. I, I love to speak. And I really am so passionate about what I'm doing. And I'm working with a media group. And I think I might have mentioned that to you at some point in our conversation that um, there's a great deal of things looking very positive for this book to be turned into a movie. Yes, and yes. Um, that's really exciting. And so doing some work uh, on that end of things as well, working with the producer and a media group and doing all that that is called for that to happen because it would touch that many more people's lives. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a story that um, I definitely think a lot of people could relate to from different, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, 
understand and appreciate it from a different perspective, maybe than what they even would have thought. Right. And and what is really great about season two here of my podcast series is we have a number, a large number of internet global guests. And so your message is now I can I can honestly say is going to go global just through this one podcast. So imagine what a movie would do and the lives it could touch and change as well. I mean, wow, that's incredible. Exciting. Yeah, it's exciting very to exciting. think about. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. So, of course, uh, since it's about passion and purpose, what would you say that right now in your life, your purpose is personally and professionally? You're really helping people overcome the things that they are most ashamed of, most afraid of, feel most guilt about. Those are the three things I really am passionate about and teaching people who they are to God what God says about them, because I think the enemy's stronghold in people's minds can really cause so much destruction. And so I am really passionate about being an army of one to come up alongside anyone that I can to show them a different way, to teach them the tips, the tools, the techniques, the things that God has shown me and the people that he's put in my life to teach me how to do the same thing. And so I'm so passionate about that. It is so important to the kingdom of God that we have believers out there who are living in shame, guilt, and fear. And so that just, to me, that is just not on my watch. That is Mm -hmm. something I am just on a mission Mm -hmm. to eradicate that and to show the truth about who the enemy is and what he's all up to, but show even the bigger truth of who God is and what God can do in their life. That's a magnificent purpose there, Nancy. I'll tell you, that's if you're going to have a purpose, that's a wonderful one to have. So what would you say is your superpower? I think connecting to people. I Mm -hmm. think really being authentic and being able to be truly who I am what you see is what you get. This is who I am. I'm like this wherever I am in any set of circumstances. There's not an incongruency anymore because I'm not hiding. I'm right. 100% free. I can own my voice. I can tell the truth about the circumstances that I used to be terrified of. And so with that, I think the vulnerability aspect of who I am helps me connect with people. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, How are you living your best life? Or as I like to say, living your best dash? I think doing exactly what I love doing, what God's put me here to do is actually helping other people. And I really feel like that is living my best dash. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? Just would love to tell everyone that God loves them. He is a big God and there is nothing impossible for him. And if he could do what he did for me and erase, erase an entire website (laughs) and blank out my past, I'm telling you, he can do it for you and he wants to. Yeah. Wow. Well, Nancy, I just, I thank you so very much. Uh, for you being my guest today. Uh, You know, I know about God winks and our paths crossing is definitely one of those God winks. And uh, as I've shared with you and I've shared with a couple of my guests during this season, 
uh, it was God that placed it on my heart to create this podcast. And you are another one of those individuals that God wanted me to not only meet, but help promote your message, your story, to know that every single person out there listening and watching, you are worthy and never let anybody ever tell you that you're not. Amen. So, Amen. so thank you once again, Nancy, for being here and being vulnerable, being honest and uh, shining your light on everyone listening and watching today. It, it's been an absolute joy to have you here. Thank you so much, Patty. I am so honored to be a guest on your show. Thank you. I know that once everybody finishes up here, they are going to want to, uh, there's many that are going to want to say, I need and want to connect with Nancy. So how can they do that? The best way to connect to me is through my website, which is nancymajor.net. And there is a connect, uh, a connect link there. You can contact me via email. You can connect with me on social. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. <laughs> I'm out everywhere. So you're way beyond a fax machine now, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Imagine that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, for those of you that may be new to the podcast and those that you have been following me uh, now ever since our first season, you know that uh, in the description, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening on one of the 10 flat platforms for the podcast, in the description are the links to get direct access to Nancy. So go to the description. You'll see it right there. Hit the link and that will give you direct access to her. And uh, she is going to get back in touch with you. And uh, just as she has done over this past week of meeting her, she has had an effect on my life. I know she will do the same for you. So go to those links, connect with Nancy. If you want her to be a speaker, you want to talk more about her story, uh, you want to have her work with you and your resilience, whatever it may be, you can tell right now from listening to our episode together, this is someone who can truly shine a light on your life and help you to either rediscover your passion and purpose or the passion and purpose that you have reinforce that. So uh, once again, Nancy, you are a blessing in so many ways, and you are now a true thankful Thursday blessing uh, for me as well. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Patty. All right. For those of you out there listening, remember, please subscribe and uh, follow this podcast. Invite your friends and families to do the same. And uh, while you're at it, how about if you go ahead and hit that five-star rating and please write a review. I would love to hear hear how you're feeling about our a different guest that we have on the, co the, the podcast and the things that we're doing out there. And uh, remember, if you'd like to reach out and have a chat with me, or maybe you want to be a future guest on the podcast, I would encourage you to go to my website, www.pathwayswithpatty.org. And while you're at it, you will receive my free uh, ebook called Pathway to a New Beginning Roadmap. And you can talk to me more about that by signing up for a free Zoom call. Uh, if you just want to have a chit chat and you don't want to be a guest, that's, that's okay. We can talk about a new pathway for you as well. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you all.